Hi, I'm Michael Hotard, creator of the Hotard Huddle and host of this awesome pod. In today's world of disinformation and misinformation, what if I told you there's an easy way to be informed about where you spend your money? Cluey Consumer. Download Cluey Consumer in the App Store or visit their website, clueyconsumer.com. Cluey can help you be an informed and conscious consumer. The app allows you to search for brands that you buy from every single day. The best part, it's totally free. The creators of Cluey Consumer hope to one day cover every purchase and every social, environmental, and political impact of those purchases. For example, my family frequently shops at Publix. With Cluey, I know that 73% of Publix political ad campaign spending goes to Republicans. The app doesn't have bias. It doesn't tell you how or where to purchase goods from. It just allows you to see exactly where that dollar could be going. Download Cluey Consumer today for free and become a more informed consumer. That's Cluey Consumer, C-L-U-E-Y Consumer. And again, totally free in the App Store. For more information, visit CluyConsumer.com. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in for the Hotsard Huddle podcast presented by HotsardHuddle.com. It's the pot of open discussion and open dialogue. We talk about a handful of topics that fall under the blanket of sports, entertainment, politics, and business. These are my friends, my people, my fans. You are now Inside the Huddle. Bringing in Michael Hotard back here for another episode of the Hotard Huddle podcast. On today's episode, I'm doing something a little bit different. For the second time, I'm going to be flying solo on this one. So I decided to do something a little fun here, and I will be doing a recap of 2020, if you will. That'll be very short, and then I'm diving right into a Q&A. So for those who ask questions on social media, I appreciate you, and I'm excited to get into it. And as always, thanks for listening. Here's a message from our sponsor. Add a little flavor to your kitchen with 985 Products. 985 Products delivers various flavors that hits the taste buds just right, making you smile and wanting a tad bit more. Their products are created with a touch of bayou and a dash of culture. The 985 sauce is the food lover's choice for flavor and spice. Or add a dash of the 985 Cajun Allspice on your red beans and rice, gumbo, chicken, or soup, and you can fall in love all over again. In addition to their signature sauce and seasoning, wind down with some of their vintage wines like Kerry's Merlot and Kerry's Sauvignon. Join Kerry's Wine Club for $1.95 per year. A membership with Kerry's Wine Club includes five bottles per year, Kerry's Wine Club merch, invitations to wine sampling events, exclusive updates, and a 10% discount on all purchases. When you purchase from 985 products, use the code HOTARDHUDDLE all caps, all one word, for a 10% discount on any of their select products. Visit 985products.com. That is the number, 985products.com. And again, receive 10% off on your purchase with the code HOTARDHUDDLE, all caps, all one word. That is 985products.com. 
Michael Hotard back here, and if you're listening, welcome to 2021. We made it through the shit show that was 2020. We'll see what happens in the upcoming year. But before I get right into this Q&A, I do want to talk about 2020, some of the things that you can read on Hotard Huddle right now. Um, I did a three-part series sort of recapping what happened in 2020. First, uh, part one was regarding Hotard Huddle, the blog, the podcast. This is now my longest-running episode of podcasting that uh, I have done, and I've done several of these, so I'm very proud of the progress made with this. To all the guests that I've had on, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, So I talk about that. I talk about the numbers and the growth that I've seen in Hotard Huddle. And to close that column, I did the top 10 most viewed columns for the year. I always love looking back and seeing what nabbed the most views. And uh, number one was kind of a surprise. And sometimes gimmicks and sticks just work. And that was the case for my number one most viewed column in 2020. Um, Part two was a little more personal. I talked about some of the personal things that happened to me throughout 2020, including jumping out of a business that pretty much got handled by the pandemic and driven out simply because a lot of the clients we were working with with a marketing company were small businesses who got hammered by COVID uh, because of the shutdowns and everything like that. So I kind of touch on that. Um, but two of the biggest positives that happened in 2020 for me personally, and I touch on these things, was of course, number one, the birth of my daughter. Uh, you know, anytime you talk about being a new dad, there's no better feeling. So very fortunate there. Um, I even wrote a couple of columns about sort of the, I guess the panic that set in in the middle of a pandemic, knowing that you know, you, you're bringing a new baby into this world with with uncertainty of that pandemic, how it's going to affect your pregnant wife, how it's going to affect your, your newborn child who's just coming into the world for the first time. So, uh, but all things are good there. Uh, the other big thing that happened for me this year was being able to move to a new city. I After 29 years of being essentially in the same spot, I moved out of state. I'm now... Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and I fucking love it. I'm so happy for myself and for my family being able to make that move. So there were some good things to happen there. Then part three, I closed it out with basically an award um, in an award column. Last year in 2019, I did a, or I should say two years ago now, Uh, But in 2019, I did uh, basically a recap on the entire year, talking about some of my favorite artists, uh, movies, best things to happen in sports, all those things. Just sort of a recap, trying to touch on a lot of the positives. I also include a memoriam in the very end, talking about some of the most impactful deaths on the year. Um, You know, one of the things that I touched on when I wrote about the death of Kobe Bryant is... We may not know these celebrities, but because of how much access we have, we feel like we do. And that's where that that kind of shock and awe comes in. So I touched on some of the celebrities that personally meant something to me when we lost them. Uh, of course, one being the uh, tragic death of Kobe Bryant. 
Um, and then you had another another phenomenal uh, actor that died tragically to cancer, which we had no idea about. That, of course, being Chadwick Boseman, who plays the Black Panther. Um, I also talked about the most recent passing in AEW of uh, John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. If you're a WWE fan, you know him as Luke Harper. Uh, so I touched on some of those deaths that happened. Um, just kind of, like I said, recapping everything that happened in 2020. And I even get a little political with that because that's one of the big things that I did this year for the blog was taking a more political approach. Um, you know, I, I think I, along with a lot of other people, just got fed up with sitting around not saying anything to people and, you know, whether it's in person, whether it's on social media, you know, you got a voice, use it. So, uh, I, I touch on a lot of those things that happened in 2020, but with that being said, I want to dive right into this Q and a for everyone that submitted questions. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, I had some fantastic questions, some that I got a laugh at before I could even respond to them. Uh, some of them were funny. Some of them were serious. I like the variety. I like the mix. And to everyone who took the time to comment and submit them on Instagram or Facebook, I appreciate you. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Surprise, surprise. The first question here, we're diving into sports. This comes from Corey, and he asked, what's a sport you're not into but want to get into? And he had mentioned hockey uh, being his, and to be honest, that is one of mine. Uh, I have a couple of friends who I wouldn't say are super into hockey, but come playoff time, they do talk about it in some group chats quite frequently. And from what I've watched, the little bit of hockey I have watched, I it's a fun sport. I do enjoy it. So hockey is one that I, I would like to get into more. Moving to Atlanta, one of the first things that I did was look at all the sports teams around, see what I had access to. Obviously, you know about uh, the Falcons, the Braves, um, and the Hawks, but you know they also have an MLS team. They also have a women's professional soccer team. One of the things that they're missing is hockey, which they used to have, so I was slightly disappointed, but hockey would probably be my number one. Uh, followed up by that, I want to get into more of the day-to-day with soccer. One of, the, one of the reasons I'm excited about being in Atlanta is having an MLS team in my backyard. So uh, I, I would say hockey and soccer. And with soccer, I, I'm one of those followers who every four years – or every two years, I should say, I'm super into it because I do get glued to the TV for both the men's and women's World Cups. So that would probably be the big two for me. Next up is a question from my friend Mike. You also can know him as Tangent Infinity. I appreciate him and everything he does because he creates a lot of the awesome sounds you hear for the podcast he created uh my my liners for my intro outro all that good stuff so i appreciate him follow him on instagram tangent infinity um you know awesome content he's got an album out already and he's working on two others uh that i know he's super excited about and i'm hoping to have him on the podcast soon to talk about those but his question was if you were on an island what three albums would you take to listen to forever? So it's no secret. I've, I've been very open about this in the blog and with 
people that I'm friends with and everything in between. I'm a sucker for boy bands. So one of those albums, without a doubt, would have to be No Strings Attached by NSYNC because that is one of my three favorite albums ever made by far. And uh, if you're not familiar with No Strings Attached, well, that's Bye Bye Bye, It's Gonna Be Me. Digital Get Down's an underrated one on that album. So uh, top to bottom, that's one of my favorites. Um, Then number two, I would go with Camp uh, by Childish Gambino. One of my favorite artists out there, if not my favorite. Big fan of his. um, You know, but the reason I chose Camp... That was the the first mainstream album I would say he had, and I started getting into Childish Gambino probably a year before Camp got released, and top to bottom, I can listen to that on repeat, and it never gets old, um, so I would go with Camp, and then for the third one, oh, the third one's tough. Um, this shouldn't come as a big surprise to people who know me and know my music taste, but Brendan Urie is another one of my favorite artists out there, so I would have to go with an album by Panic at the Disco. Now, to answer the question of which one, I think I'm going to go with Death of a Bachelor, Barely Edging Out, Pray for the Wicked. I think his last two albums were fantastic both were filled with a bunch of fucking bangers so i'm gonna go with death of a bachelor for my third and final one i had a similar question come from my good friend moore and he asked the same question except he's talking about food so what three foods would i take on an island with me to eat forever Ironically enough, uh, they all sort of blend into the same category. You can find them in most Americanized versions of Italian restaurants. Uh, But first would be chicken parm, uh, the sandwich. Um, Chicken parms are one of my favorite things to eat. Um, If you have a good chicken parm sandwich or know any place in the Atlanta area with a great chicken parm sandwich, please let me know. Uh, next up, you know, you gotta, you gotta always have this whenever, or at least I do whenever I order out, but, uh, Caesar salad. I always get a side Caesar with most meals and most restaurants that I go to. Um, it's one of my favorite things to eat as well. And then third, you know, it, it's gotta be pizza. Easy. That's, that's second to none. Um, but more specifically, I'm going to give a shout-out to a uh, a great pizza place back in Louisiana. That is Fat Boys. It would have to be uh, unlimited supply of the meats from Fat Boys. Some of the best pizza I've ever had. And uh, I was a frequent uh, I was a frequent flyer of Fat Boys. You know, I uh, participated in their punch card campaign because I would go in there so fucking often. So why not take the free slice whenever I got to the 10th one? Um we even, you know, dubbed Fridays Fat Boys Fridays because the place is that fucking great. So if you're ever in the New Orleans area, be sure to check out Fat Boys in Metairie. It's fantastic. There's a there's a free plug. Next up is from Danny, and <laughs> he asked, "Why do I hate the Saints?" 
He's obviously trolling here. Uh, knowing Danny, I know that's exactly what this question is. Uh, but why do I hate the Saints? I don't hate the Saints. Um, there are certain elements to the Saints that I hate. More specifically, a lot of fans. Uh, more specifically, the fact that they should win more than they have, given that they have a historically great quarterback. But... I don't hate the Saints. Those two things just irk me about it. But the reason he asked that question is simply because I talk about the Saints probably more than other, more than any other franchise on my blog because it's where I grew up. It's the team that I grew up with. So I naturally have the stronger opinions about them. Well, one thing that you should know about Saints fans is if you ever dog the Saints... They live under rocks, and they can't see things for what they are. So, if I shit on the Saints, it's, why do you hate the Saints? I don't fucking hate the Saints. I'm just not dumb and ignorant to what I'm seeing happening on the field. So, to answer that question, I don't hate the Saints. But Saints fans will tell you otherwise. Next up comes from Brian. If I won the lottery, what's the first three things I would do? If I won the lottery... Uh, this is a fairly easy question. Number one, get rid of all the debt that I have. Number two, I would sink a good chunk of it into Hotard Huddle uh, because I do believe in this blog. I do believe in this brand. I wish I had the extra funding to help aid the growth of this, um, but I would 100% take a gamble on myself with Hotard Huddle. And uh, the third would be a 14-day trip to Disney World. No surprises in any of those answers to anyone who probably knows me on a more personal level. And even if you don't, I talk enough about Disney World on the fucking blog. So you shouldn't be surprised by that answer. Next up is Laura who asked, What is my what is one of the my favorite parts about Georgia? And I'm gonna share a story by something I saw earlier today, and I'm recording this on Sunday. Um, one of the things that I love about Georgia is the diverse political divide that you have. And the reason I say that is because as you get closer to the city of Atlanta, people are very open about who they support. More often than not, it's the left. Where I live on the very fucking outskirts of Atlanta, uh, we'll call it the boonies, you can't drive past three houses where I live without seeing a Trump flag, a Trump sign. There is one there is one yard near my house that I shit you not has more than a dozen pro-Trump flags or signs. And it's fucking absurd. And every day that I pass it, I really just want to go knock on the door and be like, you do realize he lost, right? As long as we're clear on that. But um, it's it's interesting. Uh, that's one of the more interesting parts I've discovered about Atlanta. Um, you know, one of the things I love is going into the city. I do work downtown or near downtown. I'm right kind of on the cusp of midtown downtown area, and it's, it's a cool vibe. I enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed it when my wife was living here doing an internship. So being here, it just feels like home. <laughs> the next question I have is from John who asked 
if I had an OnlyFans account, what would my name be? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. I'd go with the shameless plug, and uh, it would just simply be Hotard Huddle. Because, well, why the fuck not? I'm a shameless promoter, and I will always promote. <laughs> this is probably, this one's probably my favorite question that got asked. It was asked by one of the guys in my fantasy league, my buddy Charles. And uh, to put this into context, these are three very key figures. Um, one is sort of my rival in fantasy football. Uh, I, I spent all year poo-pooing on him, trolling him incessantly, and although I owned the series record, he beat me in the first round of the Sacco ladder, uh, prolonging my despair of possibly becoming a repeat Sacco. Uh, so he got the ultimate revenge. But uh, it pertains to him, uh, a guy that came out in the draft last year that I've kind of poo-pooed on a little bit, and uh, the fans of the team he's on didn't like that very much. And they uh, started going after me on Twitter. It was great. And the other is, of course, reverting back to what I was saying about the Saints uh, and Drew Brees. So, it's a classic game of fuck one, marry one, kill one. So, that being said, the options are Chase Young, Drew Brees, and my buddy Andrew. Well, we'll start with we'll start with kill. Um... I'd kill Drew Brees because I want him to retire. I'm tired of seeing him in a Saints uniform. I'm tired of seeing the Saints try to make him the hero constantly and throw themselves into the ground in important games, specifically the postseason. So that would be answer one. I'd marry Chase Young because my my biggest argument with him is He's a freak athlete. There's no denying that. But watching his highlights and watching all of his best plays in college, he doesn't have many moves. Most of his pressures in college as a pass rusher came from the interior collapsing the pocket, forcing the quarterback backwards, which plays right into his game, which is basically getting to the outside of the tackle and just beating him with pure speed. And he's great at doing that, but it's one-dimensional. And I don't think it would, and I don't think it will withstand in the NFL. And that was my big beef on him. So uh, Chase Young, I would marry, and the reason I say that is because I would make sure he eats fast food every day. I would make sure he becomes fat, slow, and then I can derail the career because I have a bet on this that he will not make the All-Decade team, which is another uh, story for another day. And then I'd uh, I'd fuck Andrew just because, well, I'm doing that in fantasy most of the time when I play him anyway, so it's nothing new there. Next up is favorite favorite 2020 show, uh, and this was asked by Nathan. And I didn't watch many TV shows in 2020. Um, yeah, yeah, there I can't think of any actually new shows that I sat down and watched uh, or shows that came out in 2020 that I watched. I recently just started watching Cobra Kai, which I'll talk about later, but that didn't happen until 2021. So, favorite 2020 show, um I will I'll go with The Last Dance. It was one that I put in the 
in the award column. Uh, and that was, of course, the Michael Jordan documentary that talked about the rise and fall of the 90s Bulls. I love that that documentary touched on how much of an arrogant asshole Michael Jordan was. Because I think that's something that got swept under the rug so much. Because in sports, if there's something we know, winning cures all. Uh, but I love the the touch of the documentary. I loved hearing, you know, Pippen, Jordan... Um, all these guys sort of talk about these things uh, and loved hearing some of the backstories. Uh, one of the biggest, I guess, conspiracies got confirmed, and that was Michael Jordan didn't actually have the flu. Um, now, one of the conspiracies was he was out drinking the night before, uh, got way too drunk, and that's why he felt like shit. But uh, I believe the documentary said it was food poisoning or something. But either way, um, that documentary was awesome. The Last Dance. Uh, the, I, I know several people who said they've watched it multiple times because of how how good it was. It's a compelling story. So I'll go with The Last Dance for favorite show of 2020. Um, next up was actually submitted by my wife. And what was my favorite moment of 2020 besides watching her give birth to my daughter? Now, of course, that's going to take the cake for number one. Uh, but a very, very close second was knowing that I would no longer be the sacco of my fantasy football league. As commissioner, I naturally get shit on more than anyone. As the biggest shit talker of the bunch, I naturally get shit on more than anyone. So the last year has been absolute hell in terms of fantasy football, getting called sacco every chance that everyone got. I no longer have that title as my current title, although it will be forever etched in history of the Dirty Dozen that I, in fact, once was the sacco. Uh, but currently, I'm not... And it feels fucking fantastic. So I'll go with that as number two. Um, my friend Mary Claire submitted, what was the biggest what the fuck moment of 2020? And there were a lot of them. There were plenty. Uh, I mean, honestly, you could just go down Trump's Twitter feed and probably pick out uh, top 100. But uh, number one, honestly, has to do with Trump, and it's not anything to do with anything he said because, well, at this point, is it really a what-the-fuck moment? It's just, oh, yeah, he said something else stupid. Go figure. Uh, but him actually losing because prior to 2020, uh, I've one of my good friends and I have political conversations constantly, and one of the things we had always sort of talked about was he hasn't done anything substantially bad enough and that's not saying he hasn't done anything bad as president but he didn't do anything that I thought would lose him the 2020 election then COVID happened and that's where it sort of unfolded and uh, I think him losing the election because even with knowing the polls even knowing that everything says he's going to lose this election after being duped like that against uh, Hillary in 2016, I didn't know if I believed it. It was one of those things where it's, I have to see it to believe it. So I think, you know, knowing that we were going to get delayed election results, I'm sitting there watching election night with, with the false hope that it's going to get called, um, or at least I would have an idea. And then, of course, we didn't. Um, it took several days. But when, when Georgia flipped, when Pennsylvania flipped, 
and I, Arizona, when all these states flipped, I think that was sort of the biggest what the fuck moment. Because not only did he lose by the most, uh, or not only did Biden capture the most votes, he lost by the same electoral count as uh, he beat Hillary by, and he also lost several key battleground states. Um, so it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so I, I'd say the results of the election just because, again, due to the cult following he has, I, it was one of those things where it's just like, I don't know if it's actually going to happen. And then it did. And I'm happy. It was great. And uh, watching him try to get this overturned every chance he get and him getting shot down. It's like watching him lose all over again, and uh, it's always funny seeing his fans live in a false fucking sense of reality that he actually is somehow going to be the president moving forward. You fucking lost. Suck it. The next question comes from one of my biggest fans, and that is, of course, my mom. And one of the one of the things my mom and I have always connected on is uh, movies and TV. It's it's. One of our favorite topics. We love talking about uh, movies like The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption. And uh, some of the movies that uh, she always tried to get me to watch when I was a kid, and I never did until later. And then I was like, yeah, you were right. These were fucking great. But uh, my mom asked, what are the picks for best new movies or TV shows in uh, in 2021? And... Well, um, as far as new movies coming out, I won't really talk too much about TV shows because I'm not sure of any new ones coming out aside from new seasons. Uh, but movies coming out that I'm super pumped about, uh, Mortal Kombat remake, I am beyond pumped for that. Uh, another movie being remade is Space Jam with LeBron James. I'm pumped for that. And another one that... I am very interested to see. Involves one of my favorite actors, Bob Odenkirk. And if you don't know who that is, uh, if you've seen Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. That is none other than Saul Goodman. He's got some great cameos in shows like The League, The Office. He's always been sort of this shtick, kind of funny, uh, funny actor. But in this movie, he is going to be a John Wick type total badass. Uh, and that's the movie Nobody. Uh, basically something happens and he just goes out on a revenge mission and just fucking wails and destroys everything in his path. I'm very excited for this one because you're going to see Bob Odenkirk in sort of a new light. Um, and for people that are fans of Odenkirk, I, I think most of them are pretty excited about this. So uh, nobody is definitely up there. So I would say those three are kind of my big movies for 2021. Um, and actually one that I'm thinking of before I, uh, wrap up with this question, um, the, the, uh, surprise, surprise, another remake or sequel, if you will, but, uh, Top Gun, uh, Maverick, um, super excited about that. You know, I, I'm a sucker for eighties movies. Uh, I think eighties movies are second to none and Top Gun's definitely up there as far as eighties movies go. So I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the nostalgia kick for that one. Next up, uh, <laughs> this one's from Danny again, who submitted a second question, and this is this is a question I'm I was looking forward to answering. But he asked, "Would you rather be the hero or be a heel?" And it's no it's no question. It's a heel. I, I 
I think it's easier to be a heel. I think it's easier to, I think it's easier to get heat on you. Um, you know, and uh, honestly, all you have to do is be honest and you become a heel. Because if you're honest about who you are, what you believe, you're going to draw a line in the sand for somebody. Um, and I do that with my writing. Uh, you know, and when people come after me, one of the things that got me the most hits this year was sharing some of my back and forth with people on social media. It's cheap hits, but it's hits. There are people who enjoy seeing that shit. Uh, there are some who shit on me for doing that. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. But um, it's, it's easy to be a heel, be, especially on the internet. Because you have so many, so many I, I, I'll say tough guys out there. And what I mean by this, and it probably sounds a little hypocritical of me, but let me explain this one. When you have, uh, when you post something out there, whether it's a ranking of a sports position or whatever the case may be, there's always going to be some asshole out there who wants to walk in, think he's going to destroy you for your take, and then when it doesn't go that way, the even if you keep it civil, it's always, all right, now I'm going to name call. Well, then you take the name calling and you double down on it and you retaliate with the same method, and then it becomes... Bet you wouldn't say it to my face. I'll kick your ass. No, you fucking won't. Because if I was standing in front of you, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't fucking hit me. Um, and anything I say on the internet, I will say to someone's face over and over and over and over again. But uh, one of my favorite stories that happened this year uh, was this guy, Matty. Uh, I won't use his last name, but... He, he followed Hotard Huddle, and I posted the top 10 cornerbacks before the NFL season started. Well, Matty takes it upon himself to shit on me for having Richard Sherman at number four because of the season he had uh, the year prior. Richard Sherman is one of the best cornerbacks of all time, and even in his old age, he was still one of the best cornerbacks last year, and it wasn't close. Well... He proceeds to kind of shit on that take, and then he also said that it was because of the pass rush. And all I said to the dude was, well, no, it wasn't. Here were the top five pass rushes last year. Here are their top five cornerbacks. Sherman's numbers stacked toe-to-toe with the best in the league. And if your argument was going to be the pass rushing, well, then why weren't other cornerbacks who had just as good of pass rushers not up to par for the course? And I, I posed that question to him, and that's when he sort of went off on the rails on me. Uh, I don't remember the exact name he used or what was said, but I retaliated back, and I was like, all right, cool. Then if, you're, if you know this so well, give me a fucking list of cornerbacks who are better. This motherfucker proceeds to Google best cornerbacks in the NFL. He sends me a list of them. And... There were guys like Josh Norman and guys who have no business being on there that are better than Richard Sherman. But my favorite fucking part about this dildo talking shit, I went and Googled the list myself. He conveniently sent screenshots but cropped out the person who was actually fourth when you Googled best cornerbacks at the time. The fourth one 
was the guy I had, Richard fucking Sherman. Now, of course, that's just a Google list. It's just yielding results. But I found it so fucking ironic. And when I said that to him and then made fun of him, calling him names again, he uh, he said he was going to report Hotard Huddle um, just so he could get the page taken down and uh, all this bullshit or report my personal page, whatever it was. Well, instead of blocking both pages... Uh, he didn't, he forgot to block, I believe my personal page. And I just started responding back. I was like, you really think I can't see a response or that I can't respond? Well, here I am. And then started trolling him again. And I almost took it a step further and was just, and I went and found his Instagram and was just going to fucking troll him there, but decided not to. Um, but anyway, just a story of one of the troglodytes of the internet. So yeah, being a heel all the way. Well, a great question by Dave, uh, and this was submitted in light of the recent events with Randy Moss and Jerry Rice kind of going back and forth on, on Twitter, I believe. But it, it does Randy Moss have a case for the GOAT of receiving? No, he doesn't. It's not close. I think Jerry Rice is in a class of his own when it comes to receivers. And then I think there is a very, very real debate between T.O. and Randy Moss for two and three. Um, and neither of them, I don't think you can put even in the same vicinity as Jerry Rice. I think he holds that firm. Uh, but, I mean, Randy Moss was special. There's no denying that. Take the ball deep, take the top off the defense. That was his game. And he's the best at it. But as far as pure receiver goes, no. Jerry Rice was a winner. Jerry Rice did it all. Randy Moss had plays he took off. Randy Moss had times where he quit on his team. Randy Moss has a lot of baggage. But you don't remember those things because he is a media personality now, and I think he's a likable personality. And that's not saying I don't like Randy Moss. I fucking love Randy Moss. But no, he's not in the same stratosphere as Jerry Rice. Staying with the uh, tune of NFL... Uh, my buddy Simon submitted these. What are my playoff predictions? Um, now that the seeding's set, I think it's going to be interesting. I love the way this season shaked out. Um, with the seeding set, we got some intriguing first-round matchups. Uh, but I guess I'll just keep it simple before diving into everything because eventually I do want to uh, do a full playoff prediction like I do every year. But... Um, I mean, as far as predictions go, I think it's tough to bet against the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC right now. Both those teams are rocking and rolling. And that's actually a fantastic matchup I'd love to see in the AFC. Um, so uh, I'll say Bills and Chiefs uh, on one side. And then on the other side, I don't know who that... I'll have to think about who... The second team is going to be, but I do think the Packers make the NFC Championship. So I'll give you three of the final four there, and the fourth one coming soon. Next up is Matt, and he asked, what are you looking forward to experiencing with kids as they get older? And that's a that's a great question. Uh, that's a fun question. And I, I think the answer is the same for both. I was fortunate enough, I'm very fortunate to have both a son and a daughter. I love them both dearly, and whatever they decide to do in life, I will fully support. Um, unless, of course, you know, it's crystal meth, and probably not. I won't support that. Um, 
But I, I I hope both of them grow up in sports. You know, I'd love to see them get into basketball and soccer. Uh, but I, I just look forward to experiencing them uh, grow and sort of develop their own talents or their own skills, hobbies, whatever it may be. Um, I'm just looking forward to see what those hobbies become. Because it's interesting because right now my son... He's super into cars. He loves all of his toy cars. We got him this uh, really cool Christmas gift, uh, this car tower. He loves playing with that. Um, and I, I, he's into cars right now. I have no idea how I'm going to help him in that regard if he grows up and he wants to do, uh, be a mechanic, whatever it may be, work on cars. Uh, but I guess that's what his G's for because uh, his father-in-law is super into cars um, as he's built several trucks for himself. So I think that's where he takes after. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, just seeing them grow, seeing them develop and finding their themselves and what they what interests them. Uh, so I, I think that's the status quo answer, but it's the truth. Uh, this one was asked by uh, my buddy Bill, and he asked what Pixar movie needs to be made into a Disney ride. And as a fan of Disney, uh, we already got Toy Story Land, so we won there. The first movie that comes to mind that doesn't really have anything, I think this could be turned into a very cool concept of a ride, but something to do with Brave. Um, I love the setting. I love the time period. I love the culture involved with it. So I would say Brave. Um, Moana, of course, is another uh, another big one. I think that's probably the most likely scenario is them doing some big Moana attraction. But uh, if they implement any Pixar movie, I mean, I'm down. It's it's Disney. They don't fuck up often. <laughs> and then. This uh, this next question pertains going back to the 80s, and I talked about Nostalgia Kick with uh, the release of Top Gun Maverick this year. This is another one, and I just started this. But my buddy Casey asked, why is Cobra Kai the best show right now on Netflix? And I'm literally eight episodes deep. I started it this weekend, uh, really after... He asked this question, and I've had so many people tell me, why are you not watching Cobra Kai yet? I'm always late to TV shows. Always. But Cobra Kai, holy shit, it's fantastic. I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but I'm on season one, episode eight, and the flashbacks, the music. I've always been a big fan of Johnny Lawrence. He is one of my favorite uh, 80s movies characters. Uh, just having that nostalgic feel and also telling a really good new story while having touches of the old one is amazing. Uh, there's been multiple times, uh, and of course, any mention of Miyagi, of course, uh, you know, you start getting emotional. Um, so I, I think just the nostalgia you get from it, just the feel good you get from it, because Karate Kid's a movie I grew up with. I mean... That's a fantastic series of movies that made mention of Terry Silver, John Kreese, and uh, uh, even um, Allie, who is, of course, the love interest. And then the other part that I love about the show is I never, I, I'm not going to say I never did, because as a kid, when I watched it, of course, Johnny was the asshole. But as you get older, you watch it, and you're like, well, Daniel did some pretty fucking shitty things. Um, and I love that 
Neither Daniel or Johnny are really protagonists, at least yet, because there's good qualities and there's bad qualities of both, and I love that the show totes that line so well. So um, it's been fantastic thus far. Cobra Kai's, I I texted uh, Casey, who submitted this question, as well as some other people, and I said, it took seven episodes to convince me that this is one of my top three favorite shows ever. So it's, it's amazing. Next up is from Justin, and this goes back to fantasy football. How does it feel not being Sacco and having more as the new Sacco? So I talked about this earlier. Not only did I not get the Sacco, which I'm thrilled about, but probably one of the most deplorable assholes in my league got it. When I say that, no, it's a term of endearment because, well, he also happens to be the, the godfather of my daughter, so... Uh, my buddy, my buddy Ryan, gave me so much shit for being Sacco, and it's only just pure justice that he ended up winning the Sacco. So yes, yes, it feels fucking fantastic. Next up is a great hypothetical from my buddy Herb. And he asked, if Mahomes were to go to the Saints, how many Super Bowls would they be competing for? Now, the backstory behind this goes back to when Mahomes was drafted because the Chiefs jumped ahead of the Saints to draft Mahomes. And there, there's been reports that have come out that said Mahomes was the guy the Saints were looking at. They wound up getting Marshawn Lattimore that year, which isn't a bad pick um, at all. But Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, you do the fucking math. So they missed out on him, and he asked how many Super Bowls would they be competing for if they had him. Well, that's sort of a tricky question because, one, is Breeze still playing at this point? Because if he is, the answer is, well, zero because Breeze is still here. Um, but if if the job was going to be Mahomes took over after a year, it's exactly what he did in Kansas City, I think you'd be competing for the same amount. Uh because the last the last three years, and even this year, I think the Saints have top to bottom one of the best rosters. But they've ran themselves into the ground by trying to make Breeze the hero, throwing so much in the postseason. This isn't Breeze of 2011 anymore. You can't do that. Um, really, after that 2011 playoff run, it's been very undesirable, uh, undesirable games by Breeze down the stretch. And the numbers speak for themselves. They want to throw, 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 but he can't fucking do it anymore. So um, if Mahomes was on the Saints, they would have the luxury to do that because, well, if you throw 50 times with Mahomes, you're, you're not putting yourself behind the eight ball because he can score in bunches because he has such a big arm. He can extend the field vertically. So... Oh man, it's a hypothetical I think any 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 franchise, not just the Saints, would want to see because Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. Uh, next up is from Soche, uh, another guy in my fantasy league, and we're going to, are you glad to see Big Ben and Juju return to form? And this is a clear shot at Ryan, who he beat in the Sacco Bowl. Uh, because Big Ben and Juju shit the bed, ultimately losing more 
the game and thus giving him the sacko. So am I happy to see Big Ben and Juju return to form? Absolutely, because it's just that twist of the knife in uh, Moore's fantasy season. So yes, 100%. This one was submitted by Cody, and he asked, what's it like moving to a new city, and how different is the culture in Atlanta? I've sort of touched on the culture already, so I won't circle back, but as far as what it's like moving to a new city... To be honest, uh, it's exciting. Uh, there are, I, I'll tell you this, one of the things that happened shortly after moving is you, there was this wave of just instant regret that came over me. Like, what What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it was because I was seeing the mess that was created from all the moving boxes and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of emotions that come into it, but ultimately it's it's awesome. Um I'm glad I did it. It's something I've always wanted to do. And uh, pulling the trigger on it was super important. And I think it's going to help me um, grow as a person. So it's a big deal. And I'm I'm happy I did it. And the last question uh, comes from, uh, again, my number one fan here. And this is the uh, my mom's better half. Or I, actually, I'll say, I'll say my mom's the better half. But, you know, shot at Bob there. But uh, no, my parents are great. Uh, and this one comes from my dad, who uh, who asked what was uh, what was my son's favorite Christmas gift. And I sort of already alluded to this. Uh, he's very into cars. We got him this really dope Hot Wheels car tower that has a dinosaur on it. And uh, when you send the car down the track, the dinosaur releases, and as it goes down the track, it can catch the cars. Uh, but he fucking loves that thing. Um, and then. He has this book with all these trucks in it, and one of them is uh, an off-road utility vehicle, and that's what we got him. Uh, we got him this like wind-up one. It's fairly big, and he stays running around with that in the house. It's fucking noisy as hell, so it's one of those gifts you sort of instantly say, shit, I regret this, but he loves it, and he's happy with it. Uh, so his, his car tower and his off-road utility vehicle are his two favorites. Uh, my dad also had a second question, and this is the last question uh, before I wrap up this episode. And that question is, who are the top five running backs in the NFL? I wasn't sure if you meant all-time or currently. I'll go ahead and give you the current list here. Number one, I will still say Christian McCaffrey. He was my number one before the season started. And I know he was hurt this year, but uh, let's see what he does with another fully healthy season under his belt. It's hard to dethrone him because he can do everything. Number two, I'll still go with uh, someone who had a bit of a down year, and that's uh, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, As far as uh, consistency goes, as far as sort of someone who can do it all, Zeke is that guy. Um... He, he's been the focal point of Dallas's offense for quite some time, despite the big numbers their passing game shows. Um, but as that season has sort of dwindled and as that roster sort of diminished over over the course of the season, Zeke's had a down year, but let's see what he does next year. He's been very consistent. Uh, I think two years ago, I think he had 14 maybe 1600 yards and he's had quite a few thousand yard uh, or yeah uh, quite a few thousand yard seasons since coming into the league uh so i'll still say zeke um and then number three 
I will go with Derrick Henry. He just notched a 2,000-yard season this weekend. Uh, He's got back-to-back rushing titles. He's one of the few backs in the league where he doesn't need to be a good receiver to be effective because just fucking hand him the ball and let him do his thing. And he's going to bowl over defenders. Um, He's an absolute animal. So I'll say Derrick Henry at three. Um, Number four, I will say... I'm spitballing here. I'd really have to sit down and look. Uh, But I'm going to go with uh, Dalvin Cook. He had an explosive year this year for the Vikings. Um, He's been someone who's battled injuries. But we've seen what he can do the last two years. And he's he's every bit the hype he was worth. Um, As he's been the focal point for the Vikings offense this year for sure. Uh, And he really opens things up for... Guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, but Dalvin Cook had a fantastic season. And then five, I'll go with Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Um, he's the quickest running back uh, to reach 45 rushing touchdowns and 15 receiving touchdowns. And he had a hell of a season. Unfortunately, uh, he he got that Rona. So he didn't get to play Week 17, which sucks because... He could have easily gotten his uh, first 1,000-yard rushing season. Uh, but he finished with 21 touchdowns and over f- or close to 1,600 all-purpose, I believe. Uh, but Alvin Kamara is about to get a big payday, I think. Um, and there's probably some of you out there thinking that I omitted someone that probably should be on the list, and that's Saquon Barkley, uh, who had a fantastic rookie season, but last two years, battled injuries, so he's going to take a hit for that. But that would be my top five running backs in the league right now. Uh, But for those of you who listen to this episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast, I thank you. I appreciate everyone who submitted the questions. They were fantastic. This has been one of my favorite episodes. It's been a lot of fun just kind of seeing some of the questions you guys had. And uh, I'm sure I'll do this again at some point or another. But I wish you all a happy new year. Have a great 2021. And let's hope it's better than 2020. Wear your fucking masks. Do what you're supposed to do. Let's fucking nip this shit in the bud because I'm sick of COVID. Uh, And if you think that uh, COVID was supposed to end on November 4th, well, it fucking didn't. Um, So if you think it's some giant conspiracy still, I want you to do us all a favor and uh, go drink bleach. Um, which is kind of ironic because that's what Trump wanted you to do anyway. So, with that being said, thank you for tuning in, and as always, honor the huddle. This episode is sponsored by Cheers for Ears. No Disney trip or Disney theme party is complete without your very own character-customized Mickey ears. That's right, any theme you want made right into your Mickey ears or Mickey hat. They're festive, fun, and affordable. For my family's next Disney trip, I purchased our very own Mike and Sully themed hats for my son and I. We absolutely love them and will use them for our trips here on out. Get your very own custom ears and let them make your dreams come true so you can look great and live your happily ever after in good fashion for your next trip. Receive 10% off if you let them know Hotard Huddle referred you. That's Cheers for Ears. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Cheers for Ears. Visit the information section on the episode or HotardHuddle.com for more information about their social pages and email. Again, Cheers for Ears. 
Receive 10% off your purchase when you let them know Hotard Huddle referred you. So bring some added magic to your next Disney trip with cheers for ears. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hotard Huddle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on all major platforms such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss any updates from HotardHuddle.com by going to the website and subscribing to our email list. You can also follow Hotard Huddle on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle. As always, honor the huddle.